Welcome to Jags Drive Time with Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. We're also part of the that I'm glad I don't have to go through that. Nah, nah, definitely. Just that's just the human element of it. Uh, just seeing the results, you definitely like. Phew. If there was any year to miss, I missed a great one. So. Every time I hear it, I laugh. The clip that has gone absolutely viral from Travis Etienne, and in the moment, you know, it was funny, but I didn't think it would catch the attention that it did. It's on the Pat McAfee show. It's on Rich Eisen show. Well, it's just the man's just being honest. Well, that's it, and, and I think we lack a certain candor, right? Yeah. I mean, everyone wants to say the right thing in the social media age, so that you don't go viral for the wrong reasons. Um, and he just kind of laid it out there for what it is, and it's refreshing. Yeah, if for nothing else, I mean. I- they were three and fourteen. Yeah. So of course it's the year to miss. And then there was all the underlying, you know, what exactly was he talking about? What you know, everything. So it was a great quote. It was, and I appreciate the honesty. Welcome into Jaguars Drive Time on a Tuesday. Lot to discuss here as the draft is only nine days away. We get into big things here. Big thing one is smart. Aiden Hutchinson is the smart choice and the most popular draft choice as of now. When you look at mock drafts, adding a defensive end to this defensive line. And when we were talking to Shaq Griffin, he seems on board with it as well. I think we just need someone scary. We need one more scary name because I feel like we got amazing pieces on defense, amazing. But one more person who can take pressure off either me, uh, Josh Allen, we got Darius Williams. Now we got so many great guys. If you can get one more person on that D-line to really scare people to take pressure off Josh Allen, who I feel like is going to have an amazing year, then we're going to be unstoppable. Big thing, too, is rising but risky. Now we go to the other popular draft choice, and that is Georgia defensive tackle Trayvon Walker, and he is seen as more of the risk. Can general manager manager Trent Baalke handle the risk of taking Trayvon Walker over the smart choice we just talked about in Agent Hutchinson, but Walker's athletic ability, if you fall in love with it, maybe that's the smart choice. We'll talk a lot about that. And finally, big thing three is calm before the storm it is very quiet around here but it will not be quiet in about a week the draft room down the hallway is getting the final touches and i just showed a picture to brian my dad is in vegas right now and yep. they are building the stage in the bellagio fountain where players will walk on top of water and they're gonna do it big in vegas players no walk surprise. on top of water that does <laughs> that's yeah some of them think well trevor can. does beyond oh, that yeah uh so. So I've been going to the draft since they moved it out of New York. So Chicago, Philadelphia, Dallas, Nashville, Cleveland. And it's not a stage, right? It's a building. Yeah. I mean, the, the, when the NFL rolls in to bring the draft to your town, I mean, they roll in six weeks early and start building out, you know, because of all the television infrastructure they need. Um, I, I I don't think anybody will do it better than Nashville. I thought was Nashville awesome. was amazing. But yeah. Vegas will do it in their own unique way. And uh, I'm excited to get there next week and see. Yeah, uh, the old man in me laughs because I can remember as a kid, I was a huge NFL fan. And there were many years I didn't, like, I didn't know when the draft was. It, was. it was just not an event. And then really, Brian, since we started covering the league in 95, it was, it was starting to bubble at that point, but it's just gotten progressively bigger and bigger and bigger. And I, I always thought it would be a terrible move to move out, out of New York uh, and it it has put the event on steroids yeah. in terms of popularity oh. and in terms of bigness. And it's it's remarkable how the NFL 
has managed to make the 17 weeks they play. Uh, I'm not going to say it's it's ancillary because obviously that's why they play. It's a show. But there are weeks and times of the off season that the news is just as big as it is during the regular season, which is an amazing if you, amazing thing they've done. If you yeah. if you get a sec, go and I'm sure you can find it on YouTube and find ESPN's original broadcast of the draft. People thought you're crazy. Who's going to watch this? And it, you know, there what the electronics didn't exist. I mean, there's like a whiteboard, a chalkboard behind Pete Rozelle, and they're putting names up, and you have guys talking. They didn't have the video of all these college kids that they do today, and to see where it's become from there, which is like what 7980 that they first did it to now, it's completely different. Um, the amazing thing is, Brian, they're still guessing a lot of the time. Yeah. Oh, there's no matter how. I mean, and they would never say that. But when you're dealing with young human beings right. who you are trying to project, if you look at the first round, as scientific as, it, as it's gotten, it is still a largely, I don't want to say guessing game, there's more to it than that, but there's a lot of misses. So in 2015, which was the first year they took it out of New York, um, I got there on Tuesday. There's all kinds of off-the-field stuff that they do with these players. They take them to a school and a hospital. And, and But it didn't feel like there was a huge event until Thursday morning. Yeah, That's when all the fans started arriving from all over the country. Are you going to say that's when you got there? No, I got there on Tuesday. Okay, you gotcha. Follow along here. Um, <laughs> and so on Thursday, all the fans, and it was in the middle of the country for the first time. So you brought a lot of people from the West Coast in, right, and from you know Dallas and Phoenix that – probably wouldn't have gone all the way to New York. And it, all of a sudden, it became an NFL festival, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what it feels like. And again, Vegas is going to feel off the chain. Yes. My absolute favorite thing about the Nashville draft is when you would have the um, bachelorette parties being interviewed, yes. and they're like, are you kidding me? What's going on? This is my time. Yeah, it was, they didn't know the draft was it, happening. No, it was psychotic, too. I mean, <laughs> it, they were so there was nowhere to stay. Um, the one thing that they did really well, and people who know Broadway – they had those the, the zip line cameras, right, that they have yeah. over the stadium, going all the way down Broadway to the stage and then all the way back up. It was uh, it was cool. spectacular, so I'm looking forward to it. Hey, one thing that I want to mention, big thing too, on mm -hmm. uh, Trevon Walker. Um, I just had this, this idea, and you may or may not remember the 2009 draft, but the Chiefs took a guy, a rising guy that year, a 6'5", 290-pound defensive end, who had been a 4'3 defensive end at LSU named Tyson Jackson. And Jackson was a workout warrior, and they surprised everybody by taking him for the measurables. And he had seven seasons in the NFL, largely unremarkable. And that's the thing that makes you go, okay, where does this kid fit, right? You see him, and he, 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 he looks the part right down to how quickly he can change direction. He looks like a superior prospect. Yeah. Um, but if you talk to people who were in Kansas City back in 2009, they thought the same thing about Tyson Jackson. You really have to have that crystal ball dialed in because that's what you're doing when you're projecting a guy to come from college to the pros that didn't have the production uh, in terms of big number sacks, and that's what you're looking from for this guy. So I'm, it, there are warning signs that make you go, hey, teams have gambled and lost before. Yeah. Be careful. Yeah. Uh Late risers in the draft scare some GMs because if you're rising, you're not rising based on what you did on the field. The argument for Trayvon Walker, despite the numbers, is he played at Georgia on a, on a mega loaded defense, one of the best defenses I'm say, of I all time, recall, yeah. but in a long, long time. 
So he didn't get some reps in certain situations that if he had gotten them, perhaps his numbers are higher. Aiden Hutchinson had many opportunities, took advantage of them. Walker didn't have as many opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why, he, despite all the technology and despite all of the manpower and eyes you put into this thing, there is still a moment where a couple of decision makers on a team have to decide, am I willing to look at this or this or this on a player and take a chance? And it, it's why the draft is a crapshoot. It is. And we haven't even sense. talked about offensive line yet. We have those two draft picks, and that's yep. the popular picks, but they could very easily go in the complete opposite direction and not take either of them. And no, that could be the wouldn't be choice. as easy as it was, though. I, I think they're going to, and they're going to get a long-term deal done with Cam. And I understand I'm a best available player guy, mm-hmm. but boy, if, if they believe that Cam Robinson's a rising player, sure they do. I, uh, I think they believe that they've improved things with Brandon Scherf, uh, and I think they believe that Walker Little is one. When you've got that up yeah. front, it's tough. It will be a tough decision. But then there's the Jonathan Ogden argument of yeah, if mine. you think it's elite. <clears throat> yep. How do you pass on it, and, and you could have egg on your face in well, five years? Well, here's the question so, mark. That's the problem. The question mark is, what's the difference between Aiden Hutchinson and Evan Neal or Ike Mekwanu? If the grade is equal, well, then need comes in, Yeah. right? And you heard Shaq Griffin talk about needing that one more player if the grade is equal. Now, we don't know what their grade is, what their board says. If Aquanu is above him, take him, right? If Neal is above him, take him. Yeah, that's my argument for the Jonathan Ogden. And we yeah, go back don't to pass on special they, or okay. They signed Leon Searcy, who was a really good player, really good Pro Bowl player, and they took Kevin Hardy, who was a good player, but they passed on a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Don't pass on a Hall of Famer because he plays a position you think you're set at. You don't know when an injury gets hurt. Hey, remember, Tony Baselli was gone in 2001. He was done. Yeah. Right. If you'd had John Ogden playing right tackle. All of a sudden, your left tackle is solid. Mm-hmm. Don't pass on elite because of need. And it's such an easy discussion for us to have in retrospect and sound like experts. When you're in the room, yeah. that's a... We were thinking about this year. That's what a projection discussion. Yep. Ogden worked out great. A million of those don't. So it, it, it's you brutal. you Ogden thing coming, too. Yeah. yeah. Six foot nine. And I was doing a, a segment with Tony Baselli last week, and that was his argument for Iquanu was especially with the instability of the offensive line and, and possibly playing guard or pushing to right and pushing Juwan Taylor. There's so many options that Tony's ar- argument was you're not set on offensive I, line, and it is a need, I maybe even Quentin bigger Nelson. than defensive end. I think he's Quentin Nelson. Yeah. You get a chance to have Quentin Nelson on your offensive line, you're going to pass on that? Right. I wouldn't. Right. But they're not set on the defensive line. I mean, No, that's the problem. There's so many needs. Right. Their issue is – the same argument could be made it, if uh, Tony had put his hand on the ground and played a defensive end uh, pass rusher, oh. he'd probably be making the same argument for – I mean, and he's probably right on the offensive line, yeah. but he'd be making the same argument, boy, how much better a pass rushing team would they be if they had one more element but opposite. look at pick 33, and when you look at the bottom of the first round to, you know, about pick 40, there are some defensive ends. Maybe not six foot seven, 260 pounds, but what's the difference between Hutchinson right. and – what's the difference between him and the kid from Minnesota, Mahate? I mean, it's – you start looking at those Is it things. That big? You yeah. gotta figure it out. And we don't know. We don't know what they think. Nope. We certainly don't. But one person that knows a lot about Aiden Hutchinson is Lions team reporter Danny Rogers. He's gonna join us up next here on the Jaguars Digital Network. Stay with us.
You will not believe what Daly's Place has in store for you this year. Rapper Little Dirk is tonight. John Ogier will be there, front row. Soon to follow are the likes of Tim McGraw, the Lumineers, Dave Matthews Band, the Black Crows, Her, Keith Urban, and more. For a full list of shows and to get tickets, visit dailysplace.com. I was just about to say I didn't know Cher was on board, but I didn't have my glasses on. That's cheer. Yes, it's cheer life. I thought it was cheer life. It's cheer steps. Yeah, that's cheer steps. Going to that? (laughs) No, probably not. (laughs) We're back. Jaguars drive time live on a Tuesday. Brought to you by Jet Home Loans. Nine days away from the NFL draft, and we are going to bring in Danny Rogers right now, who is the Lions team reporter. Danny, good morning. You were at Hutchinson's pro day, so I know you know him well. Can you give us a little synopsis of what you know about him and the prospect he might be? Good morning, you guys. Happy to be on here with you. Um, I, I mean, I'll first throw it out there. I'm a Michigan alum, although I try not to let any of that uh, play a factor <laughs> in who I think the Lions might draft, who Jacksonville might might draft, and uh, certainly who Aiden Hutchison is. But uh, we kind of go way back. I interned with his sister at Michigan football for Jim Harbaugh. So I've known about the Hutch family for a minute. So to see Aiden Hutchinson just rise the ranks through this Michigan football program, especially uh, what his dad was able to do there as a former Wolverine. And then uh, just how great that family is. I don't know if you uh, seen, but they travel very, very well there with Aiden throughout this entire process. So it's been really cool to watch, but uh, Aiden got to go uh, to his pro day. Unfortunately, Coach Harbaugh doesn't let media, at least local media in to watch pro day, but um, he had another good showing. Really, it was the combine that, slated him up there if not number one at least there in the top three or so so he's uh put on quite a show this offseason leading up to the draft and um I mean he's just I feel like one of a kind in this draft as well so he certainly um he certainly deserves all the recognition he's getting and certainly possibly that number one overall pick there coming out of Michigan so I'm going to put you on the spot Danny and and it's real simple if the Jaguars pass on him do the Lions take the full 10 minutes or do they take 10 seconds before their card is turned in? <laughs> That's a great question. Thank Based you. on the offseason and what general manager Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell has led us in to see a little bit, they've peeled back the curtains, not a whole lot. There's a lot of smoke there. Um, but just based on that, I think they're going to at least take about five minutes off the board. I don't think they'll take the whole 10 but I think they will take at least five minutes off the board and just make people guess and keep them entertained a little bit. <laughs> well, you never know what offer might come in. Yeah. You just don't. I mean, somebody may get stupid and send something up there that, uh, that you aren't anticipating. So you can't, you can't go in 10 seconds. The television networks don't want you to go in 10 seconds, but I think what you're saying is, is they would love to see him there. I think Detroit would love to see Aiden Hutchinson there. I mean, he has, there are no questions about, about Hutch on field, off field, uh, you know exactly what you're getting. He was in the building just uh, Monday for his visit with the Detroit Lions. So you know that this team is certainly interested in a in a defensive end that has really good uh, pass rusher capabilities. He uses his hands really well. Like I mentioned, had a really great showing at the combine. The only question sometimes is his athleticism um, and his abilities in the run game. Those are the only times there might be a little bit of weakness showing there. But, um, and, and I asked a lot of people, I'm like, give me a weakness of Aiden Hutchinson. And it is so difficult for them to give me one. They can go on and on about his strengths and his work ethics. I know at Michigan, he was the guy that would show up an extra hour early to every single workout and practice. Um, he asked the coaches and, and the staff 
to put him through the ring. Like he needed to keep uh, being humbled throughout this entire senior season coming off of that injury junior year. And I can only imagine what the stats would have been his senior year if he had played junior year. Um, but he was also really instrumental in just making everyone else around him better at Michigan. This team went to the, the national semifinal game and it was hot. She was making everyone better, including David Ojabo, who was a late bloomer to football in general. Hutch really brought Ojabo up with him. Um, really, really awful to see what had happened at Ojabo's uh, pro day with with his injury. But um, Hutch is just a guy that makes everyone better around him. I talked with him about what he loves about the Detroit Lions right now. It's the culture that Dan Campbell is building. He said, yeah, I saw that, that one press conference where Dan Campbell was shedding a tear because he was so emotional. He's like, that just made me want to play for him even more. So um, any team that gets gets Hutch is going to get a relentless player. That is the word that Hutch uses to describe himself. He said it was difficult to just pick one word at his pro day when I talked with him. But if anything, uh, you're getting a very, very relentless dude in Hutch. This isn't a fair question because it involves speculation, but is there any talk around the team, meaning in the media up there at the pro day, about the Lions liking him enough to trade up? And I know there's no way to know it because trades happen out of the blue. But any sense about mm -hmm. that at all, just from what people are talking about outside the team? <sighs> to be honest, that for the first time that a, a trade up was proposed um, to me and in any form of the media was about a week ago. So it isn't something that uh, has really been harped on as of late. I it's it's really, really tough to say because this draft is so weird. And that's what really everyone is using to describe it. It's very weird. It's very unique. You don't have a clear cut number one. So if Detroit misses out on Aiden at number one, uh, it's really tough for me to say that they think that there's no one else that can directly impact this team and be a day one starter. And that's exactly what they're looking for at that number two overall spot. So it's really tough for me to say that Detroit will trade up to get Hutch. Um, so, I mean, we'll have to see. I, Jacksonville, you guys know anything about a trade potentially coming? Not at this moment, but I'll keep you posted. And let's just say that you have convinced us that Hutchinson is the guy here in Jacksonville. If that is the case, what are your feelings about what Detroit will take at number two if that's the case? I am waiting until the very last second to do my mock draft because it is constantly changing. I mean, I saw a mock draft that came out this morning uh, from NFL Network uh, or ESPN, one of the two, and it had Trayvon Walker going number one overall to Jacksonville mm -hmm. and then Hutch falling to number two overall to Detroit. So I am waiting until the very last second to have to put myself out to the fire like that because <laughs> literally no one really knows what's going to go on. Um, I would like to see Lions pick up. I think Walker at number two if Hutch is not there, um, but you have a really good playmaker in Kayvon Thibodeau who has also been hovering around that top mm -hmm. three spot. So I'm waiting until the very last second to, to throw myself out to the dogs and, and just not pick a quarterback. I won't pick a quarterback at number two <laughs> overall with four Detroit. I will say that. Okay, fair enough. I know it's tough to say. And thank you for letting us put you on the spot, Danny. We appreciate you joining us. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Have a great day. Coming up on Jaguars Drive Time Tight End, Chris Manhurts joins the program. Stay with us. We are back. Jaguars Drive Time brought to you by Jet Home Loans. Very excited to have Jaguars tight end Chris Manhurts join Jaguars Drive Time. We were just saying... 
It has been a while since we have all been back here in person. How's it going and how did the first week of back in the building go? Uh, I'll tell you what, it feels great just to be around the guys, being around a new environment of coaches and you know, um, it is pretty lively, and guys are excited to be to, just to get back to it. Since you went there, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's new again, uh, and it's different. It's really different, isn't it? And I'm not asking you to put someone on the spot and go, "Yeah, that was terrible." But the reality of it is, is that this just feels right. Right, um, and it, like I said, it, it's it's kind of hard to compare from from last year, but. Um, I could just tell just the energy of guys in the building, the coaches. Um, Coach Peterson is, is obviously his resume speaks for itself. Um, and, and having a championship pedigree and, um, you know, the work that he has put in it. As a player, it's just exciting to be around it. Mm-hmm. Now, you're known as, as a uh, run-blocking tight end, but you also have clearly receiving capabilities. Doug Peterson, known for that position, known for getting the most out of that position, how excited are you about that, and how do you feel like you can uh, benefit from that? Oh, I'm very excited. Um, you know, you, you see a guy that heavily uh, utilizes tight ends in his offense, um, and, and they're an integral part of the offense. I think it's good for our room. Um, we obviously have uh, me, Dan Arnold, um, Evan, Luke, um, and I think it's it's very complimentary for us to work off of each other and, and whatever the scheme entails for us in that particular week or, you know, even so for this year. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Evan Ingram. Press Taylor last week was mentioning how he can tell how in tune he is to the offense already by the questions he's asking. And now you've been in a meeting room with him for about a week. What have you seen out of him? Yeah, exactly that. Um, I think uh, right at this point in time, we're all just trying to get a grasp of, of the offense and the nuance that comes with the offense. But um, those type of questions, just being engaged, it, it can only help us in a, you know by the time the season starts. Mm-hmm. What do you like about the offense in terms of uh, – Jaguars fans, I think, have seen it. They saw it in Philadelphia a little bit. But how do you feel like it's going to fit the personnel you have here? I think it's very uh, complimentary. And what I mean by that is that it's, it's pre- pretty much tailored by uh, what the players can bring to the table. And that has also been a point of emphasis for us as an offense and, and what coach wants. It's going to be tailored to, to, to the skill sets, the best skill sets on this team. So um, for me as a player, you can't really go wrong with that. Tell us about the guys in that room. Um, in particular, you know, Dan Arnold came in the trade, and we didn't get the chance to sit with him like this because of the COVID. Um, and, and you bring in Evan Ingram, who's a former first-round draft choice, who people are now looking and going, that's a sneaky good move to have that kind of a talent. What do you know from the personalities of these guys? I wouldn't even say it's sneaky. It, it is, it's <laughs> a great move. Um, he's a hell of a player, and, um, you know, his tenure in New York, you know, afar, uh, watching from afar as a tight end, you see the the type of dynamic player that he is. Um, he can stretch the field. Um, he, he's fast. He's almost like a big receiver in a sense. So having having guys like that to complement our room, you know, it, it kind of puts the defense in, and linebackers in particular in a bind to where they have to pick their poison. Now, guess who the most tenured Jaguars player in that room is now? <laughs> Making me feel you, old right? now. Because <laughs> well, well, you showed the turnover you've seen. Yeah, it shows you the turnover, but. Uh, does that um, – you feel like a leader in that room, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Yes, um, that's certainly a role that um, I, I've been uh, open to, to, be, to being a part of. Um, but at the same time, I have to give credit to the guys in the room as well because although they're relatively young compared to me, um, they've been in this league outside of Luke Farrell, the younger guy. Mm-hmm. They've been in this league for, for quite a bit to, to, to get their feet wet. So mm-hmm. as far as being a pro and, and knowing how to go about your business – 
um, you know, those guys do a great job of it, and we feed off of each other, so that's that's always a good thing. Mm-hmm. We talked in here about Doug Peterson's approach to this offseason, um, having been a guy who played it for 14 years, played quarterback, and uh, who coached it for a dozen more. Um, it seems like his approach to the voluntary portion of the offseason would fit a veteran like you and like this locker room perfectly. Oh, absolutely. Um, and we're, we're kind of at least uh, known from last week we're taking a, a pretty methodical approach as far as implementing the offense, installing the offense, ensuring that all the guys know uh, the nuances of the offense, the splits, the, the very fine details, so that we could all learn and download this information and you know hit the ground running come training camp and when the season starts. What's the toughest part of trying to learn an offense? I mean, it, you know, I went to college a long, long time ago. Is it like that? It, is it like a class where you're trying to look at it and just trying to figure it out? Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing is it's almost like learning a new language. Um, as a whole in the NFL, we all pretty run, the, pretty much run the same plays. Um, they're just called differently, and it's it's there's there's different calls, and you know um, it's just a new language. So just putting yourself in classroom mode, whatever it is, however which way you learn, everybody learns differently. Mm-hmm. There's visual learners, and some people write things down, like myself. So. Uh, whatever you know, we need to do as a whole and individually to to learn and grasp the offense. You know, it, it'll take time, but you know, we now's the time where where we could really sit, sit down and learn. We talked a lot about the offensive brain power that the staff brings to the table. You know, Doug Peterson, Mike McCoy, Press Taylor, uh, Jim Bob Cooter. Um, what have you seen from that group? You talk about doing a lot of the same things team to team, but they've got to bring you some wrinkles and some some things that have to get you excited about what's possible. And that's the most exciting part as a player. Um, you know, obviously across the board on this offense, I would say that we, we've upgraded. Wide receiver room position is great. Uh, the tight end room position uh, is, is in a better spot than it was uh, uh, last year talent-wise. And, you know, those, those type of players, those type of moves, it just makes me excited just to work alongside with these guys. And I'm excited to see what, uh, what uh, we could do with, with them. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't ask about Trevor Lawrence yes. and what you expect from the young quarterback, what you saw from him at the end of the year with that brilliant performance against the Colts, and, and what sort of a jump is fair to expect from that young man? Uh, for me, it's just all about progress. Uh, and we know uh, as a quarterback coming into this league last year in the situation that we was in, it's not the easiest. Mm-hmm. Um, so having a little bit of grace uh, in, in knowing that and, and knowing that the second year is really the year, usually and statistically, that guys really – made that jump and, and get over that hump so um, that's what I expect just progress and he's well on his way um, I, I could tell that he's a lot more comfortable he knows uh, how how things are done and you know he's been a pro since he set foot in this building so that's not, not really an issue mm-hmm. and the draft is nine days away I always think it's curious how many guys pay attention to this look at mock drafts what's your approach to this do you do you research this at all or whoever comes shows up to be honest with you whoever comes just shows up <laughs> you know I'm, I'm i'm watching the draft scene seeing who's selected obviously and whoever we select um it's, it's a new teammate you yeah. know can't can't get ready can't wait to to work with them and and see what they bring to the table as well so it's it's pretty exciting and tell us what you do for fun if you will in this offseason you're learning a new offense but i know you have kids hopefully spending some more time with them what has just your offseason been like uh, my off season has been full blown dad mode uh, <laughs> and, and training. Obviously, that's pretty much all I have 
the wiggle room for um, in, in having a baby. But it's been great. It's been very uh, humbling to, to be more present, be around, uh, especially in the off season, and, and just you know take a break from football and just just focus on what really the priorities are. Mm -hmm. Love that. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining Jaguars Drive Time. We appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Much more to come here on the Jaguars Digital Network. The Jaguars are future-focused and ready for a new look in 2022. Join us at the bank this season as head coach Doug Peterson and quarterback Trevor Lawrence lead the charge. To lock in your seats, visit jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. But I'll say just I think it's important, too, to just kind of learn from last year and always not necessarily think about that all the time. You don't want to think about the bad things, but you want to use what you learned and, and not make the same mistakes, especially as individuals, as, as players, like things that went right, went wrong. We all have things we can get better at. And for me, I learned so much. So I wouldn't say it's like starting over because I'm, I'm thankful for those things I learned. I don't want to start over. You know, I want to keep those in my back pocket. So stuff like that, I think. It's a good way to look at it, and I think guys are doing that. Loved that answer from Trevor Lawrence. I thought it was really honest because it could have been very easy for him to say, you know what, last year stunk, let's just forget about it and move on. But he didn't say that. Definitely a learning experience, if you will. Boy, I mean, this is going to sound stupid. As, I, um, as I'm watching that, I'm thinking, boy, I hope he's good. Yeah. And not just for the franchise or whatever, I would say everybody hopes he's good. He, he still has a chance, and his mental makeup and his approach is so off the charts good. It just feels like this is going to be a fascinating year, almost like a rookie year, Brian, in seeing what he really is. And it almost feels like we're back to square one with all the hope, all the optimism. We haven't seen it, but, boy, the mental makeup is right, and I can't help but think that he's going to turn it around. Well, they all talked about how he was the total package when he was at Clemson, and it wasn't just the arm strength or his mobility or – or his desire to play. It was the way that he approached being a leader. The and maturity coaching. is unbelievable. It's, it's, yeah. it's, he said things last year that I had never heard Jaguars quarterbacks say. I mean, I, he, he's got it. Uh, maybe I should be a little bit more, you know, um, objective about it, but I, I, I don't have any doubt that he's going to be really good. No worries. I don't know that he's going to be Peyton Manning. I mean, I don't, I don't know that you can say that. But I believe he's going to be really good. Mm -hmm. at the, his... What is it? Floor is really good. Right. His upside is outstanding. Yeah, and it helps when you hear a press conference like that and yeah. set it straight and everything like that. Yep. Well, quarterbacks, so much mental, and so many fail because they don't have that. But that gives them the shot, and you can't help but think with the physical ability it's going to be there. I, I don't know how he misses. And by the way, what he dealt with last year, right? We all know that he went to Mr. Khan's boat in December. He was, for a young player to have to answer those kinds of questions, because you know that Chad was pointed with him. Even if we don't know what he said, you know he was saying, what do you think about this and what do you think about that? Well, most young quarterbacks are just thinking about the game plan. I don't know. Plan. Yeah, right. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, right. <laughs> they're, th they're thinking about the game plan. Now, he went through an intensity last year, a fire. Um, on the field and off the field at one point, and I—that'll only make him stronger. Yes, that man went through a lot. Yep. He could write a book, maybe one day, and we'll be reading. Yeah, I don't think he'll need to, but <laughs> he could. John, what do you got coming up this week? Uh, we are starting the draft coverage, Bucky Brooks and myself, uh, with a position by position series. 
I would read that if you if you're a Jaguars fan because Bucky gets into Jaguar specific things on that that you're not going to get anywhere else. So uh, Bucky Brooks and parentheses you John Osier, uh, <laughs> uh, Jaguars draft coverage on Jaguars.com. And Brian, you're getting ready to fly to Vegas here shortly. Yeah, getting ready. Uh, you know, 28 years here, I've met a lot of scouts, know a lot of people around the league, and and they're they're calling around. You'd be they're picking up the phone, calling everybody they can. Uh, you know, just looking for little pieces of information here and there. So I like this last week before the draft because I, I kind of feel plugged into a little network and yeah. and I'm just hearing lots of stuff. And 90% of it is just smoke. Yep. But it's fun. This week is fun it is. to hear those things. Gearing up for a Plus, you're a Vegas week. guy. Yeah. Oh, I am the furthest thing from a Vegas <laughs> That's guy. That's him. I, I'm, a, I'm a Nash Vegas guy. I like I like Nashville. Yes. Put I the have draft a feeling you'll still year. have fun, though. Oh, yeah. Fine. You'll find some way somehow. Yeah, I will. I'll enjoy it. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Jaguars Drive Time. Stay with us on Jaguars.com all week long. We'll see you right back here next week.